Well, welcome back to the Audible. What do you know? The Dolphins are five and three. Got playoff visions looking down the road. We got a big show for you today. I'm Kim Bocamper. Joining me as always, John Kajemi. And welcome you to the Audible presented by Auto Nation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. Save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night at 7.30 on WFOR, CBS4 Miami. You can also download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. All right, let's move on. Time now for our look back presented by Morgan Law Group. Let's take a look back at the game in Arizona. The Dolphins travel out to the desert. And boy, I tell you, what a game. Uh, what a day to watch uh, Tua really come into his own. Way to watch this defense continue to step up and make plays. And uh, like we did just uh, a week ago, you get a you get a strip sack and you get a a, a, a pick and you know a, a pick and run all the way to the end zone with uh, with Ogba. So uh, uh, Shaq Lawson, Ogba with the strip and and Lawson with the touchdown. Not a bad way to start a game out there. It seems like, Bo, every week we're getting a defensive score. I'm kind of getting yep. used to it. And, yep. and it, it's great for a young quarterback because you start with a lot of that momentum on the defense. And then Tua was able to come out and play like he did uh, when he was at Alabama. And, yep. and the game was called like it was, uh, you know, a lot, lot more freedom in the play calling. When you don't have a 28 to 10 lead, you're trying to protect like the Dolphins did last week at home against the Rams, against the Cardinals, you had to match a score with a score. So it was very important for the Dolphins to get that defensive score on the board early. Give yourself some confidence on that side of the football because Kyler Murray was really unstoppable. It just seemed like whoever had the ball last was going to have a chance to win the game. And the Cardinals did, but that, that long field goal fell short. So the Dolphins did what they needed to do on offense. They scored. They let Tua extend plays down the field. They had a, a great screen call in the red zone that almost got in with Durham Smythe. I, I thought it was really good imagination with the play call. And I thought everybody, you know, contributed. You, you, again, Jason Sanders comes through with two long field goals. Yep. He has 20 in a row, which is a team record. Uh, it, it was a lot of good things, Bo, and it was a complete team effort because yep. with the COVID situation on the coach's side, you had guys kind of scrambling around on the sidelines coaching different players, but it all worked out in the end. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And John, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, certainly Jason Sanders, 20 straight field goals, he gets the, the game winner in, in this one. And boy, what a, what an asset he is to this football team and, and the confidence that he's got. You, you always feel like when he runs out there, he, he's going to put the points. And we'll talk about Tua here in, in a little bit, but I want to talk about the defense a little bit. I thought the defense played very well, considering that Kyler Murray, I don't know that anybody can stop Kyler Murray. You, you know, that, that guy, you, you talk about a player that's electric and that can just, like at the snap of a finger, could go 70 yards on you, even when you're playing good defense. And, and I, know he had a good, I know he had a lot of yards, and I know he did a lot of good things out there. But still, even, even saying that, I thought the defense really held up well and played well. And you got that situation. I think there's a little over five minutes left in the game. Uh, you, you, you know, they're driving down the field. They got a fourth and one. Uh, and, and you step up, and uh, Sealer steps up and makes a play. Landon Robert comes up and makes a play, and they stop him on fourth and one. And, boy, that was as big a play as any play in the football game, John. Well, thank God they didn't put it in Murray's hands in fourth, yeah. fourth and one because that would have been a tougher chore for the Dolphins' defense. But they didn't. 
And that was their decision. And the Dolphins found a way to come up with that huge stop on fourth and one. And it really just, it, it iced it. It gave the Dolphins a chance to win the game. Yep. And, and they came through and made plays to win the game. And uh, I, I like the way the defense was aggressive, even though Xavier Howard had a, you know, three or four pass interference calls, which some of them I thought he could have just run with the yep. receiver and not really contacted or even made contact with the receiver because the ball seemed uncatchable. But a couple were questionable calls, and I like the aggressiveness on those. Now, you don't like to see playing cover zero and let a guy run scot-free down yep. the middle uh, for an easy touchdown, but a lot of really good things on the defense. They were flying around. They were flushing Murray from the pocket. It was tough to catch him. I think teams around the National Football League have trouble catching up with Kyler Murray because usually he's the fastest guy yep. and the quickest guy on the field. He ran for over 100 yards, but saying all that, the Dolphins found a way to, to win the game. They yep. made enough plays in all three facets of the game to put themselves in a position in the fourth quarter to win games. And that's really what it boils down to in the National Football League. The Dolphins are finding themselves in positions to win games. And with this young roster, they're coming through uh, with flying colors. And, you, you know, you can't overlook Tua uh, Tonga Viola comes up with a, a game. And, you know, you saw him last week and really a very conservative game plan. And, uh, you know, didn't he didn't really have to do that much uh, last week. But, boy, it comes out against the Cardinals and he gets into a shootout and, and, and just went toe to toe with Kyler Murray. And, and it was a, it was a thing of beauty. It, it was something to watch. And well, you really saw a lot of good things out of him. Now there's some things you'd like to, to see. And as a quarterback, John, you know, the, the, the trying to throw the ball out of bounds and almost got it picked. You know, if you're going to throw it out of bounds, John, right. You're a quarterback, throw it out of bounds. Leave no doubt. I've learned that lesson bounds. poorly just as Tua did in a couple right. of instances as well. You're right. Ball, trying to throw the ball on the ground, hits his offensive lineman. You know, there, there goes a grounding call. So I think really think if you if you want to critique him, you say, hey, learn how to throw the ball away a little better. <laughs> Everything else was pretty good, though. You're right. He made a lot of bad plays really good and yep. with his elusiveness and with his foot speed and with his awareness. I thought he was decisive when he threw the football from the pocket, from a clean pocket. Yep. He was accurate, throwing away from Patrick Peterson on a curl route, outside shoulder. He couldn't get there. You know, better pass speeds, better coverage most times. And Tua did that with regularity. And, Bo, I don't know how many, if it happened to you during the week, I don't know how many people came up to me at, at Publix, at a golf course, or yeah. wherever I was at. Hey, uh, Tua's not doesn't have the goods. You see the way he played against the Rams. I'm going, just, just be patient, guys. Yeah. I've seen it. This guy, you've seen it. And you just have to be patient for a regular game to take its course. Well, a regular game in the National Football League was what we saw last week yep. in Arizona. You have to score points. You have to be accurate with the football down the field. And you have to take some shots. And you, and you have to be able to make plays sometimes on your own. Tua did all those things. Yep. And I was really happy to watch him flourish in a game where he was needed. He was relied upon to make plays. And he made yep. every single one of them. Well, he, he made them with his legs. He, he, he threw the ball well. Uh, the velocity on his throws are, are, are exactly what you're looking for. He gets rid of the ball quickly. Uh, and, and like you said, he, he made plays when he had to. It looked like he was tied up in the backfield. He's able to spin out, get a big first down. And he went 17 yards or whatever on it for a big first down. And, and really when you needed it, when, you know, when you needed to tie the game, you go 93 yards, you tie the game at 31. And uh, just a, you know, just a, an awesome drive for them. And, and, and he puts the ball. 
he puts the ball in Matt Collins' hands. The only place anyone can anyone's going to catch that ball is right where he threw it. And and to cap things off, that that was a that was a thing of beauty. You know, I was really impressed too. You mentioned Matt Collins; he steps up yep. because you have an injury to Williams at wide receiver. Ahmed steps up in terms of yep. being able to run the football from the backfield. Uh, when you have an injury there. So I just thought there was a lot of guys, coaches stepping up. There, that was a complete team effort from special teams to offense to defensive scores. You, you really felt good about that Dolphins win because it wasn't just Tua, although he played a huge role. That was a, a team effort in getting that tough W. Time now for our sit-down amplified by Hard Rock Hotel. And uh, Mac Hollins uh, comes up with a big catch in the game. And here's a guy, John, I we had talked about him during training camp because I thought it, Thought I saw him during training camp making some big plays, really getting that, getting involved in there. And then when the season started, he was relegated to special teams, but makes a big catch. And then and certainly one of the one of the big plays in the game on Sunday. Bo, you had an early call in this. And I remember sitting <laughs> right with you that day and you're saying, who's that guy? He said, well, this guy's tall. He's lanky. He does a lot of good things. And Hollins really did come up with a huge catch. And he's been a big part of the special teams all season long. Yeah. And he, Bo, he's one of those guys, when you watch him play, even at practice, he motivates the defense. He's a talker. He, he's, yeah. he's always dancing. He's always moving around. He's always getting guys going. And you need guys like that on the team. And I was just happy for him to get his opportunity, although it came with, you know, via an injury to Williams, which you don't want to see, he was able to step up and play his role perfectly. You know, you talk about guys like him, and, uh, and you look at guys, Ahmed, you talk about him that, that got an opportunity. You know, you look at this coaching staff and what they're doing, and they're they're getting they're getting value out of just about everybody on this roster. Well, look what they did at the offensive line. They had a rotation of six guys moving in and out. Defense is doing the same thing up front. I mean, Sealer is playing a huge role in the defense, and he really goes unmentioned because you've got the stars around him. You know, with pressure, you know, off the edge with Emmanuel Akba, and you get the scoop and score with Shaq Lawson. But guys like Landon Roberts are playing big yep. roles. Eric Rose playing a huge role in this defense. So there's guys that you mentioned a little bit, and sometimes they get overshadowed. And, you know, you're just happy to have guys that are being coached up to the to the way that they're one play away, and it's yeah. a reality. And it's been a reality for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Let's hear what Mac had to say about his big catch. All right, we welcome uh, Mac Hollins, wide receiver with the Miami Dolphins, to the Audible. And, uh, Mac, thanks for joining us, man. It's been a – Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a good week for you, man. It's been a, it's been a good uh, – you know, John and I talked about watching your training camp and uh, saw you doing good things out there and come up with a touchdown last week. And uh, things are looking up for you, Mac. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always good, obviously, to, to score. My end goal is always to win games. So, to score and win a game is a, is a double positive for me. So, it was awesome. Hey, you, you walk into this football team, and it's a football team that's on the rise, and new coach, you know, changing, changing things. What, what do you feel about this football team and, and, and the collection of guys in that locker room as well as the coaches? I think the, the biggest difference that I'm seeing from, you know, obviously I got here late last year, mm -hmm. um, but compared to this year is, and even in the beginning of the season, is the development of the younger guys. We obviously had a really young team, and, they're starting to understand how the NFL works, how difficult it is to win games and how much preparation it takes to win games. Um, but then they're also, you know, learning how to enjoy, enjoy the, the wins, you know, and really learn how to correct themselves after losses. Obviously it's, we've been fortunate enough to have a little time since our last loss, but the understanding that every day 
ends up paying off, whether it's the next week or five weeks down the line, the work you put in that day may, may be the reason you're successful later on. And, and Mac, that might hold true for you as well, because, you know, watching you go through camp and watching you practice on a daily basis, it seems like your reps and your progression have gotten better and better, your production, and you seem to get more touches. And the more touches you get, uh, you know, the more the coaches open their eyes and say, maybe Mac could do more than we thought he could do. Do you feel like your confidence has grown and, and their confidence in you has grown during, during practice? I think as a player, you're always, you know, highly confident in yourself, especially at this level. Like you didn't get this to this level by accident. But like you said, the biggest thing is being able to open the eyes of the coaches. So the only way you can do that is, you know, if you're fortunate enough as a rookie to be drafted really high first, second round where they're going to give you those opportunities or you just when that ball comes your way or when the play comes your way, you don't make any mistakes. You catch the ball when it comes your way. You make the blocks you need to make. So in my eyes, every every chance I get is the chance that some coaches like, hey, Matt consistently does this correct or he consistently blocks this guy correctly or catches this ball or runs this route well. Um, so the more I can do and be successful out of practice, the more it's going to translate to the game. And obviously I was fortunate enough this game to be able to do that. Obviously you've been highly productive when you get your opportunities. And I think that it's your attitude gets contagious on the football team as well. You're one of those guys that likes to talk to the DBs when you catch a ball or when, you know, when something happens and you're running by, you got to say something, right? So yeah. the, I, I think that that livens up practice. And I think that gets everybody going. Do you, you kind of feel that you play that role a little bit? Oh yeah. I mean, I've been that way since, since college. It's, it's kind of like if, if Max quiet, something's got to be wrong with him. <laughs> so I always got to bring the juice and it. It's not, it's not a role that I'll shy away from. I think the point of the game is to have fun. Um, and I think the day that I'm, might sound cliche, but if I stop having fun with it, I'll, I'll probably not do it anymore. Um, so I really enjoy being out on the field. Uh, I'm not, I, I talk a lot in meetings, not as much, but the field is really where I really enjoy being able to compete, being with the guys that I train with, being able to yell and scream and holler as much as I want without everybody, anybody thinking I'm a weirdo because I can't do that on a regular day-to-day -day basis. So this is my uh, sanctuary. Hey Mac, take us uh, take us in the huddle a little bit. Uh, Tua comes in, gets uh, gets his second start, and, and gets into a shootout with uh, you know with uh, with another very very good quarterback out there, and comes out on top. What was it like? What was it like? What was it like watching him, watching him progress, being in the huddle with him, and uh, and seeing how he's playing and how he affects uh, this football team in a positive way. Yeah, I think he's been great. He's, I think he's developed a lot since even OTAs. You know, you, he comes in fresh out of out of college. There's obviously a big jump, especially at the quarterback position. You, you're putting a lot of weight on your shoulder. So the transition and progression he's made since OTAs, training camp, even last week um, has been phenomenal. Just the way he he's learning to command the huddle and talk to guys when they need to be talked to or lay off guys when they need to be laid off and learning how to communicate what he wants from certain things. Um, it's been great. So this, this last game was, was really a, a testament to how, how far he's grown and how, how much he's grown because uh, he did a phenomenal job out there going back and forth, like you said, with a great quarterback and coming out on top. You know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm a little jealous over here because I'm, I'm looking at your hair and, and, and back when I was your age, <laughs> I had hair like that. Now I got no hair. So I'm a little bit envious. So I'm a little envious of that, of that growth you got going. How's that, uh, that's kind of old school, man. You don't you don't got the you know man bun or anything. You just go old school 
laying it down and letting it fly, man. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a new hairstyle every day with me. It's in braids sometimes. Sometimes I'll rock the afro. I just took the braids out this morning, so the hair I didn't feel like doing anything with it yet. I'm gonna wash it later after we work out and stuff. So it's a it's a new journey every day with the hair. I know how you feel. <laughs> hey, hey, gotta ask you, Mac, about the touchdown after that because you know it was such a, a clean look, man-to-man coverage, press coverage. Was that a play called in the huddle? Was it a nod? Was it a hand signal? Was was did you know you're going on the fade right from Jump Street? Um, that was just a you know there's multiple options whether it's a it's a little RPO kind of um, where we had the possibility to run the ball depending on the look or pass the ball. So you know obviously we got the look where I'm pressed one on one and the odds are always going to be in a receiver's favor. Uh, so I, I in the back of my mind said this this has a high chance of coming to me. So. Time to put your big boy pants on and make a play. Um, because, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, I may not get this chance again, so I need to capitalize when it comes my way. So was able to win at the line and to put a ball on uh, up that only I could catch and go over the top of him. So it worked out perfectly, and I guess the rest is history. Is, it, is that a pretty much a, the key when you're trying to win one-on-one down in the red zone? You have to win quickly because you have to decide whether that ball is going to be over the top or it's going to be a back shoulder throw, and that's something – Probably just just happens on the fly. I would I would assume. Yeah, I mean we we rep it so often that you know, Tua just kind of knows, or whatever quarterback it may be, just knows. Hey, this guy does this. He likes this at the line. He's a quicker guy, shiftier guy. He's a bigger guy. Wants to go up top, and then he can get a feel throughout the game of hey, this is how this DB's playing today. Because every DB is going to play a little different, no matter how much tape you watch of him, depending on his opponent. So, being able to put all that into you know, before the snap seems super hard. And it is if you just were to walk up there and just expect it. But we've all put in a lot of years and a lot of practice reps in at being successful at that that type of route. So you just say it's a 50-50 ball, but our job is to try to get that to a, you know, 80-20 ball, 90-10 ball um, to really up our chances of being successful. And you were fourth round draft choice uh, to Philly in 2017. And you walk away from Philly with that, that, that is, your, is one of your arms a little longer than the other carrying that Super Bowl ring around? Oh, my, my parents' arms might be. I gave it to them <laughs> after I got it. Yeah. Um, that was a gift to them. I, You know, the ring's awesome, but it, it's the team that's – Yeah. So hopefully we can get, get another one down here in Miami. And does, does Pops wear the ring around? I think every once in a while he'll, he'll put it on. My mom has uh, in a shadow box or something. Who knows? I haven't seen it in, in, in a while, actually. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to get that ring. You need to go to Las Vegas, get on a blackjack table, and just lay that hand on the table with that ring – and, and just see what people say. Oh, yeah, it's just – it's nothing. Don't worry. It's, it's, no a, it's, a, it's throw, this trinket. This is a throwaway. Yeah. I, I wear this when I'm feeling Got it out of a bubblegum machine. Yeah, it was 25 cents. There you go. Hey, Mac, thanks for spending time with us. And uh, certainly enjoy seeing your score uh, this last weekend and, and looking for bigger and better things out of you throughout the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And now it's time to go behind enemy lines presented by AutoNation. Where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicle for cash now – Visit AutoNation.com. We take a look at today's opponent, the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and John, you look at, uh, look at this football team, and uh, their, their record certainly doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't show you how good this team is. I think they're a very good football team. I think they're a well-coached football team. And they, like us now, have a young quarterback that's been very impressive in Justin Herbert. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's played – much better than the record of this Charger football team certainly certainly shows. 
Well, put me in that long line, Bo, of guys that didn't think Justin Herbert would catch fire in his rookie season, but he yeah, certainly I'm has. You on you that. Have to, put me there too. You have to give him his due. I mean, this is a guy that's thrown for over 2,100 yards and close to 70% completion, 17 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Uh, he's spread the football around. He has playmakers around him. But just what he's done with it in, inside the pocket, he's been able to be elusive. He's, he's run the football, he's extended plays. He hasn't put the ball in harm's way. And as you said, this Charger team should have two or three wins at least more on that, you know, underneath that W column yeah. be, because of the, the losses that in, in the leads that they've squandered in games. And uh, I think Herbert's going to, you know, have a bright, obviously a very bright future in the NFL as a quarterback because I, I didn't expect to see this or even come close to this until maybe year two when he got accustomed to coverage and being able to recognize and push the football down the field with confidence. He's done all those things perfectly. Yeah. You know, I, I watched him a little bit at Oregon and really didn't impress me a whole lot. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm surprised at how well he's played 17 touchdowns, five interceptions and, and really taken command of that football team. And, but they've had injuries at the running back position, Austin Eckler guys played well for him is out. So they got Justin Jackson, who's he's dinged up. Joshua Kelly uh, is, uh, is, is the other guy they got to play with. But they got some good receivers. Keenan Allen is a good guy, third down guy, red zone type of guy can do things. Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton. So they've, they've got some some uh, some receivers and Hunter Henry, a good tight end that uh, that, that you always got to be concerned with. Yeah, they're good weapons all around Justin Herbert, and he's fortunate to have that. Running back might be a little down with the injuries, but Keenan Allen has four touchdowns. He's averaging over 10 yards per catch. Mike Williams three touchdowns and averaging over 17 yards per catch. So that's the stretch of the field type of receiver that Herbert's been able to use that strong arm for. And you mentioned Hunter Henry, always solid at the tight end spot, already has over 30 catches for close to 350 yards. And he, he's a productive guy at tight end. So if the Dolphins can stymie the running game a little bit on Sunday, if they can limit what the Chargers can do in having some balance and really be more predictive in throwing the football – the coverage and that and that pressure have to marry up again. The Dolphins have been very good at getting some pressure and tightening up with that secondary and getting their hands on the football, either with loose footballs, with strip sacks, or interceptions. So you hope that trend continues at home at Hard Rock Stadium. John, we, we've seen this Dolphin defense uh, crowd the line of scrimmage, put a lot of people there, and then they kind of got burned on it last week with that zero coverage where you got the guy, guy goes to the uh, – the post and wide open there. Um, teams are watching this. Um, are the Dolphins going to have to maybe temper that a little bit and, and show a little something different at times? Well, I think a little bit of that, but I think they have to cover better if they're going to go zero and get home. I, I think that's the biggest thing. When you do that, when you sell out, you're, you're gambling on getting to the quarterback and making him not be accurate down the field. And you're, you're also gambling on a little bit tighter coverage. I thought Byron Jones really left the door wide open. He has no help in the middle. And he, and he just kind of gave the middle to the receiver, Kirk, when, and it was an easy pitch and catch. One of those you just put air under and let your receiver out race the corner. So I think, I think Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, will come with zero coverage or yeah. zero pressure. And you're hoping that the pressure – kind of matches up with a little bit tighter coverage. Now, will he show that and then bail out? That could be. You might might, might be a new wrinkle uh, this week in, in that cover zero coverage. But I do believe the Dolphins will get back to pressure with better coverage, and hopefully, hopefully they get home. And pressure is going to be certainly going to be a part of the storyline. 
in this game. When, when you look at that defense for the Los Angeles Chargers, Joey Bose, I know he's nicked up a little bit, but expected to play this week. Melvin Ingram, he's been dinged in and in out of the lineup, but, but he's playing well. Linville Joseph, another guy, they've got a strong front and pressure is the name of their game. They've got 16 sacks coming into this football game. So this is going to be another test uh, for that young offensive line to see how they can stand up and, and give, uh, give Tua uh, some time back there in the pocket. Yeah, their defense, you know, it kind of mirrors a lot what the Dolphins do. I, I think they like that edge pressure. They have a really good cast at linebacker with Perryman and Murray and Kazir White. Those guys can all play uh, integral parts and all switch positions in terms of a guy playing middle, guy playing outside, guy playing strong side. They can rush the passer, and, and they do it with, with, with pressure. And the health has always been an issue for Joey Boza this season. Yep. And you're hoping that he's not a hundred percent for the Dolphins sake, uh, because when he is, he causes issues on the edge. Yep. And so does Melvin Ingram on the other side. So I think the Dolphins offensive line is going to have to have a really good week, not only with base blocking in the run game and pass protection, but identification. I think identification is going to be key. They don't want to cut a guy loose and let him inside the pocket to really disrupt the rhythm and the timing for Tua Tunga-Vailoa. So that'll be something to watch for this week against a tough Chargers defense. And meanwhile, you like to see this Dolphins continue to put the pressure on their young quarterback and, and make him uh, see some things, some things that he's not sure uh, of what's going to go on. And they've really done a good job. And you, you look at, uh, at some of the games that they've won, and you know, Kyler Murray is a different different beast when you're, when you're back there. But you look you look at some of the other games where, you know, they, they certainly put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and made them uncomfortable uh, throwing the football, talking about the, the Rams and then talking about uh, when they played Seattle and, uh, and, and played the 49ers. Certainly uh, pressure was a big, a big asset for this team, and, and they're going to need to get it here on Sunday also. Yeah, I think so, Bo. It's going to be skewed more towards Jared Goff than yeah. Kyler Murray in terms of movement. But I do think Justin Herbert has the ability to escape pressure. So you have to be concerned about how you pressure and where those lanes are and where you have help coming from. But I do give the advantage to the Dolphins, uh, the way they play defense, the way they've taken the football away and scored points. Uh, I, I think they just have that momentum going and they're going to continue to build on that. Yeah, John, looking forward to it. an opportunity to pick up fifth win in a row and, and get to, to six and three. And, John, talk a little bit about where this team is right now at, at five and three, four straight wins. And, and boy, John, I mean, to watch a team that incrementally is getting better each and every week in every aspect of the game, from coaching, from players, from offense, defense, special teams, boy, it really has been uh, inspiring to watch. It has, and they've done the little things well, Bo. I, I think that's where coaching comes in, and I think that's where discipline comes in. I think Coach Flores said last week in the win in Arizona, the one thing he was displeased about was the penalties, the amount of penalties and when they occurred and how they occurred. And I think the Dolphins will get back to being more of a disciplined football team this week, and I, I hope that because those are all those hidden yards that you you win games with, those 60, 70, 80 yards and penalties and special teams yep. and where your starting position is. I, I think all those things will be addressed in this week leading up to the game against the Chargers, because that could be the difference between getting five in a row or, or yep. getting it one in the loss column. Time for X's and Bows. And John, you look about the landscape in the, in the National Football League right now. And you know, that, uh, that pocket quarterback, that, that, that guy that uh, 
the Tom Brady's of the world, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. Um, they're becoming fewer and far between. And now the game has become, you know, can you run? Can you run the option? Can you, can you extend plays with your feet? And can you throw the football? You know, it seemed like for so long the NFL was trying to get quarterbacks out of college that were running quarterbacks and turn them into pocket quarterbacks with a lot of failures going forward. And I think it got to the point where they said, you know what? Look, this guy, we're going we're gonna to use him for whatever he can do, run, pass, and if we got you for five years, we got you for five years, but we're going to get the best out of you. And so you're starting to see all these, these offenses now adapting to these quarterbacks like the, uh, like the Russell Wilsons and Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray that we just saw and, and Tua that, that can, can throw the football, certainly, but, boy, they're just as dangerous with their legs as they are with their arms. Well, you know, Bo, I, I think it all came down to head coaches and offensive coordinators committing to changing their offense for that quarterback. I think they were trying to fit in that quarterback and, and being stringent yep. on you're going to do this from the pocket where it didn't really fit. And I think, you know, the John Harbaugh's of the world in Baltimore said, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson, but I'm going to change my offense, my entire offense, the way it's run, and I'm going to get a backup quarterback that – if he has to go in, can do the same thing. Yeah. And I think Kingsbury out in Arizona, he already had a, a number one quarterback in Josh Rosen, but it wasn't going to fit what he wanted to do. Right. So he wanted to get the most dynamic quarterback you can find in Kyler Murray that can do everything from that position and change his tempo of his offense, change the design of his offense. And I think that's kind of filtered in through the National Football League. When have you seen a called quarterback sweep like the Buffalo Bills did last week with Josh yeah. Allen just running the football from three yards in on a on really a power sweep, the Green Bay sweep. That's what it was. So teams have changed their mentality, teams have changed the way they call offenses and design offenses because these quarterbacks are not only big and strong, but they can run and they can throw. Yeah. Why not use that asset or those assets at its highest ability? So they've entirely changed the offensive design and play calling to fit what these quarterbacks do in 2020. Good things. Hey, always a pleasure to have you, John. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for for being with us again today. Thanks, Bo. Appreciate it. All right, for John Kajemi, I'm Kim Bocamper. That's going to do it for the Audible. The Audible is presented by Auto Nation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. Save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And remember, you can watch the Audible each and every Saturday night, 7:30, WFOR, CBS4 Miami. And you can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and at MiamiDolphins.com. Stay safe, and we'll speak to you again next week.